Good morning, Delaware. It is a eh, partly cloudy Friday morning, but it's going to be a great weekend in Delaware County. We've got so much going on this weekend. It's incredible. There's Pacer Fest tonight, First Friday, first Friday. the Vintage and uh, Artisan Festival tomorrow. Yeah, um, Ashley uh, Corn Festival, I think, is going That's on this right. weekend. Yes, and uh, the, the Irish Festival down in Dublin. It's just uh, something for everybody. Everything, everywhere, all around Central Ohio. That is the voice of Nicole Falls. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning. We've got Gage Tellus behind the board. Good morning. And our guest today is Melissa Dart. <laughs> I, can, I said that just a few you minutes know, ago. I will I'm take whatever way you want to pronounce my last name. <laughs> my I'm Irish. I should be able to pronounce Doherty. I mean, come on. <laughs> so my husband always jokes that the way he knows if you're really our friend or not is if you pronounce our last name correctly. Uh-oh. <laughs> um. I hope I'm still your friend. <laughs> anyway, uh, Melissa is a youth services librarian at the Orange Branch Library, and we are going to be talking about a very cool project that's coming up at Orange. Our 3D uh, story walk. Yes. Yes. It's like an immersive story (laughs) walk. An immersive story walk. We also have a guest in the studio. Nicole, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes. We have Camille with us today. Say hi. Hey, how are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) Camille is a student who is interested in learning about uh, broadcasting. And so she's kind of shadowing Gage behind the board today. So welcome. Hi, hi. <laughs> She's right. following my exact footsteps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so, Nicole, what have you been reading, listening to, binging on, whatever? I'm very excited to say that I have finished Felicia Day's You're Never Weird on the Internet, Almost. <laughs> Love it. This is, the reason that I picked this up is because, here's your uh, big sneak peek, your big preview. We are hosting Felicia Day uh, in Delaware this October, on Saturday, October 15th. She is coming. We had planned her coming back in 2020 um, as the fifth anniversary of the Geek Fest. And then, of course, you know, the world had different plans for us. And so we're happy to <laughs> finally be bringing her. And so now I get to talk about her book. And so her book that she wrote is um, it was published back in, I want to say, 2015. And it is a joy to read. It is a seven-hour audio book that she narrates. That's what I listen to. But, of course, you can pick up the actual book itself. But do yourself a favor and listen to the audio book. It is really, really wonderful. It talks about her upbringing and She basically kind of grew up in the Deep South. Her mom decided that she was going to homeschool her. Um, She really, her mom kind of said, yeah, we'll do the educational stuff in the morning, but in the afternoon, it's all classes. (laughs) It's all like, you're going to take your violin lessons, you're going to take math lessons, you're going to do all the lessons. And so she went ahead and um, really learned how to play violin, becomes a violin and a math prodigy. And so she enrolls in college at 16 and graduates by the time she's 20. And she is like, okay, now I'm a double major in violin performance and math. And so what am I going to do but go to Hollywood and be an actress? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't everybody follow that path? Right. So she goes to Hollywood. She becomes an actress um, in the way that all, you know, budding artists do in Hollywood. She really just kind of... um, you know, has a lot of gigs. She does a commercial here. She does a bit part there. She realizes that she's really being typecast as, how does she describe it? The, oh, crazy cat lady secretary. That's, that's like her her role. That they Who wouldn't want to be that person? I would like that, yeah. She's like, yeah, I can play a sidekick. I can play a friend. I'm, I'm awesome at that. But, you know, it's not really what she loves. So she realizes that she kind of has like a bit of an addictive personality. Um, she talks a lot about mental illness and um, anxiety disorders in the book that she's kind of like dealing with. And she really finds a passion in online gaming. And by passion, I mean, she ends up spending like, you know, 
200 hours over the course of a very short amount of time playing like World of Warcraft and never really getting off of the online gaming platform. It becomes pretty unhealthy for her, but she oh, also no. becomes excellent at it. I mean, yeah. that's she's like there are worse. Upside? Yeah, she's like there are worse addictions to have, oh, but yeah. you know, probably more expensive ones. Too. And more expensive <laughs> ones, yeah, and ones that are worse for your body. But still, it wasn't healthy for her. Um, but she was like really figuring out what it meant to be a woman in the birth of online gaming and the birth of the internet mm. and you know what that kind of all looks like and so she decides to take her kind of video game knowledge her internet knowledge and her acting knowledge and put it all together and she is one of the first creators really uh, a trailblazer in the world of like online video content so she creates a web series called the guild and the guild is about uh, an online kind of gaming group, and you know there's a woman in it. There's you know it's just all of the all of the internet nerds and gamers coming together, and she creates a, a video series about it. Uh, YouTube in those early days was deciding that they wanted to really help rising stars on YouTube, and so they funded a lot of um, those early shows on YouTube. And so she was one of the first shows that was ever backed by YouTube. Well, um, that's cool. She, she's really a pioneer in like all of these, all of these internet things. Um, from there, she went on to be on the series called Supernatural, which is where I may, a lot of people may know her from. Um, she also was tapped by Joss Whedon, who had become a friend of hers, and starred in the 2008 uh, mini musical comedy uh, web series that is called Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog. It features <laughs> her, Neil Patrick Harris, and Nathan Fillion. Um, there's also some other like side appearances from other people who you'll know when you watch it. Um, and so she just like really ended up finding her niche. And so all of this to say her story is fascinating. Uh, it's really relatable. Even if you don't feel like you fall into gamer world or YouTube world or anything like that, she um, really... It's a love story to creativity, to eccentricity, to being yourself, and um, she has a lot of relatability in it. And so, yeah, I would I would definitely recommend You're Never Weird on the Internet, Almost, by <laughs> Felicia Day. Listen to the audiobook. You can get it on Libby right now. Um, it's only seven hours. Listen to it at the regular speed. I tried to even do it at like 1.1 speed, and she talks very fast. So I was like, that's too fast. But no, it's really, it's really, really fun. Um, and we'll be having her here in Delaware on October 15th. So Sounds exciting. Like yes. Melissa, I know you have a book. Oh, yes. So I know it's August, but I am ready for spooky season. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Is I'm not a Christmas person, but as soon as we get to August, I'm like, okay, Halloween decorations. I need ghosts. I need witches. That is what I want. That is what I'm raising in my son to want. <laughs> you just won over my wife, by the way. She's oh, a fall perfect. person, Halloween person. So I know she's listening, so I know she's loving this. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like already checking out the Halloween books, getting ahead of the curb. Uh, my favorite Halloween picture book right now is called Hardly Haunted by Jesse Seema. It's about a haunted house. Well, it's a house. Uh-huh. That thinks it might be haunted. <laughs> and it's so lonely. No one lives in yeah. its creaky old doors and squeaky old floors. And it just is looking for someone. And this is my favorite quote from the book to turn this haunted house into a haunted home. Aww. And so I mean, it's, it's sweet. And it's uh, that, that perfect, I'm really into the like merry, not scary kind of Halloween. Yeah. Like I want it to be sweet and fun, but also just a little spooky. But the book I read recently is not a picture book. It's definitely an adult book. 
um, is Holly Black's latest book, uh, Book of Nights. And so most people know Holly Black as a young adult author. She's really famous for her uh, Folk of the Air series that starts with The Cruel Prince, um, which Mm, is also mm -hmm. fabulous. I love all of everything she does. But Book of Night is um, a contemporary setting, uh, but with this really excellent fantasy element um, with magic that's all shadow-based. And so some people have shadows that quicken. So the shadows become like an extension of yourself and can do things that are helpful, like maybe get a jar off the top shelf for you, but also things that are maybe helpful for you, but not so much for other people, like slip into a locked building and steal a few dollars Uh. here or there, move (laughs) around some stuff, cause all sort of chaos and mischief. And so the book follows this young woman um, who has always been kind of down on her luck. She's always been a bit of a con artist, but she's trying to turn her life around. She's trying to follow the straight and narrow, but trouble is always seeking her out. And so she runs into a bit of trouble when she f- discovers uh, the body of a man and someone is standing over him, but he doesn't have hands. He has shadow hands. Mm. And so there's all this like, What's the shadows doing looking out, like watching out for dark corners? Um, I love the spookiness of it. Um, it's gotten some mixed reviews on the internet because it doesn't quite have the fairy tale el- element that our other books have, but I'm into it. I am I am <laughs> loving it. I think also if you loved uh, Sarah J. Mass's latest series, the Crescent City series, she had a book that just came out, uh, House of Sky and Breath. If you're into that sort of modern world with that fantasy, just like running amok in it, then this is a book that you will like. Fun. And tell us the title and author again, please. Oh, yes. It's Book of Night by Holly Black. Great. Thank you. So when um, my grandson was about three years old, we taught him how to say, leave the gun, take the cannoli. (laughs) (laughs) He would say it at any opportunity, like in nursery school. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Got us in a little trouble, but, you know, we can always explain it away, like why he knew how to do the time dance when he was five, or the time Mm. warp when he was five. Yeah. Mm. He hadn't seen the movie. He'd just seen us do the dance. So anyway, so for Christmas, uh, this past Christmas, Joyce gave me a book called Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli, The Epic Story of the Making of the Godfather by Mark Seal. And it's, it's... Really good. I'm The Godfather is one of my all-time favorite movies, both of them, Godfather 1 and 2. Um, this goes right through from the beginning of the making of the book, uh, The Godfather, by Mar- Mario Puzo. Mario Puzo was this failed novelist. He'd been writing schlock stories for men's adventure magazines. He had a really bad gambling habit, which meant that he spent every cent that he earned from his writing. Uh, and he, But somebody, he'd written a book called The Fortunate Pilgrim, and it was a moderate so it was just kind of like a backlist kind of book. But the editor said to him, you know, you should have written more about this mafia stuff. Mm. And that stuck in his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he went home, started writing a book about the mafia, and struck gold. The thing was huge. So Paramount Pictures was in real trouble. They were about to go under. They'd been purchased by this huge conglomerate that almost bought it as a kind of a side thing. Like, you know, you buy a big house and it has a shed in the backyard. That's the, that was paramount in this deal. Um, so their uh, uh, head of production, Robert Evans, bought the book for $80,000 before it was published. Nobody knew what a big hit it was going to be. Ooh. So they got this great deal on it. Uh, and then they started putting the cast together. They, uh, Arab, a guy named Al Rudy was hired to be the producer of the movie, and he put together he, – he hired Francis Ford Coppola, which nobody expected because he'd only done a few movies at that point, and none of them uh, 
big at all. So they originally thought this was going to be a fairly small picture, $2 million, $3 million budget. Uh, and then he started putting the cast together. And they fought him on every step. Mm-hmm. They didn't want Brando. They actually wanted either Anthony Quinn or Ernest Borgnine as the godfather. And you can't imagine either of those guys in that role. Um, they wanted a more bankable leading man rather than Al Pacino hmm. for Michael Corleone because he'd only done one or two films at that point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they, they fought him. They fought on the music. They fought on who was going to write the script. They fought on everything. But And then they got the big fight, the mafia. <laughs> The, uh, in the person of Joe Colombo, who was reputed to be one of the high-level dons in the New York Mafia, he created this thing called the Italian-American Civil Rights League to fight Italian stereotypes in the movies. And The Godfather was the first thing in the crosshairs. You should pardon the expression. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they, had, they were creating lots of problems for the production uh, until Al Rudy had a sit-down with Colombo and basically gave him the keys to the kingdom. He told him the word mafia would be taken out of the script. It only appeared twice in the script anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they arranged for some production, uh, some actors to be hired from made men, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. including um, the Johnny Martino, who played Paulie Gatto, and Gini, Gianni Russo, who played Connie Corleone's husband, who Sonny beats the crap out of. And, and, and yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so. Uh, and then when the deal became public, it sparked a real, real mess, a public relations mess. So then the movie comes out, and of course, it's like one of the biggest movies of all time. It, was, it ended up having a total budget of $6.5 million to produce. It earned over $270 million in domestic gross ticket sales in the first two years it was out. Wow. And it's been over $500 million since then. And that's in just raw dollars. That's not adjusted for inflation. Uh, that spawned the two sequels that Coppola de- uh, directed. Revived Marlon Brando's career. It made James uh, Kahn and Al Pacino and Diane Keaton and Robert Duvall all top-level stars. It's on the AFI's list of the uh, second is the greatest American film after Citizen Kane. Wow. Um, and it's just a wonderful book. So this book really describes the whole story from, by an insider. Uh, he, Mark Seal was a writer for Vanity Fair. He's covered the entertainment industry and many other things. So Interesting book, well-written, enjoy it. It's called, again, Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli by Mark Seal. We'll be back in just a moment to talk about our 3D story walk. And you're listening to Off the Shelf, sponsored by the Delaware County, or, yeah, the Friends of the Delaware County District Library. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of the Friends of the Whoever, of the Delaware County District Library. somebody's friends. book sale next weekend at Delaware Library. We'll have uh, Friday night and Saturday uh, Saturday morning and afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Books in the garage and CDs, DVDs, books on uh, tape and CD in the community room. So Mm -hmm. big sale. Make sure you're there. Also, they're going to be honoring and recognizing their volunteers tomorrow with the Orange Library. So, uh, busy weekend for the friends, too. So, ah, Melissa. Ah, Melissa, you brought like arts and crafts with you today. I was, I was debating. I about wish we were on television because so this is so big. cute. Are, are we on Facebook? Do we have the Facebook going? Uh, not at the moment. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I can describe it. I'll paint a picture with my words. <laughs> so, um, coming up with our story walk this month. We've got a fantastic story called Too Many Fairies. It's an Irish folktale. And the idea is, like, there's this old woman, and she just hates chores, which Mm -hmm. I super relate to. I totally get her. Um, And so she's always complaining, so these fairies show up and start doing her chores for her. Great, right? Well... They really like doing chores, so once the house is all clean, they like rip up everything so that they can <laughs> clean it again. It again. <laughs> and it just Sounds like a three-year-old, yeah. 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 And so we've got that story walk going, and a 
pair up with that, we have made a bunch of fairy buildings. Um, so we've made a whole little village. I brought my favorite. It's my post office. And they're like about a foot tall at its highest point, maybe. <laughs> and um, I on the roof, I printed out a bunch of stamps. So it looks like it's shingled in stamps. It's a little post office I've building. Got, yeah, yeah. I've got a little P.O. box in there with a couple of the doors open. Uh, little letters floating off fishing line from the roof. A la Harry I think that's Potter what happened style. to my mail. Yeah, yeah, that's why there's been so many slowdowns. <laughs> all the mail keeps flying away to the fairies. Um, and I've made these little packages. I took brown paper lunch bag, cut it up, wrapped up Legos oh to my make gosh. little packages. Oh my gosh! And it's even got a little box on the side, which there will be activities that go along with each little fairy house if you come um, on Monday. So this upcoming Monday. From I'm gonna smile. Uh, from 10:30 to 5, it's gonna be an all-day thing. Don't feel like you have to get there right at 10:30. That's just when we're going to start um, having everything out and ready to go. So 10:30 to 5, come by. There'll be a sheet that you can pick up. You can cut out a little letter to mail at the post office. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. Do a piece of art to go in the fairy art gallery. There's an ice cream shop. There's a coffee shop. There's a pizza parlor. It's all super cute. And there'll be different little activities. And on Monday, it's going to be up all month. So till the end of August, we'll have all these houses out. You can go around and look at them. Um, And the story walk will be out there. But Monday specifically, we're going to have chalk and bubbles and some stories that we'll read periodically just whenever people are there uh we're gonna have like a craft like i think of make your own fairy wand lots going on with that and if it rains because i keep seeing that it might rain we're just gonna move it inside don't worry not canceled just gonna relocate somewhere drier yeah (laughs) and if there's a heat advisory we'll have the fairy houses outside but the activities inside so you can walk around, look at all the houses, and then come inside and cool off. So really, no matter what, on Monday, no what. August 8th, anywhere between 1030 and 5, mm-hmm. come to the Orange Branch Library for the extra special things that are happening with the Fairy Village. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like you mentioned, the Fairy Houses are up for the entirety of August. Yes. And then the, um, and it, along with the story, Too Many yes. Fairies. But one of the cool things about Story Walk is that it changes every month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you happen to be really busy for the rest of August, and goodness knows a lot of us you probably are, yep. <laughs> you could you could come by in September and there'll be something new there that, that month as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, who all can we thank for making the fairy houses? So uh, we got some help. All of the youth department chipped in at the Orange Branch. And then my favorite is all of the managers built the coffee house together. Oh, cute. And so, like, you expect the children's department to be like, glitter, hot glue. <laughs> but then you've got the branch manager coming in and be like, what? How do I, how do I make this work? And I was like, here's the supplies. You got this. You could do this. I believe in you. And they're like, okay. We, we had uh, Sarah, our branch manager, and then Jenny, the youth service Adults, or the youth service assistant manager and Katie, the adult service assistant manager, all work together to pull um, that coffee shop together. Uh, the ice cream shop was uh, got started by the outreach department, oh, cute. and then I just finished it up yesterday, mm-hmm. so it's going to be super cute. Um, 
And so, yeah, it was a big team effort, lots of lots of help going into that. Yeah, it really does sound like a, like a team effort, like people had a lot of fun with it, people had a lot of creativity, you said no guidelines, mm-hmm. just something that can fit a fairy. Yep. And what we think a fairy might fit in, who knows, they could be little one-inch fairies or eight-inch fairies, yeah. I mean, yeah. You never know. You never, never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is super cute, Melissa. I think that people are really going to enjoy it. I think that no matter, um, really, no matter the age, if yeah. if you've ever been out exploring, um, and so and. Unless Melissa hasn't painted the picture for you, which I think you painted a beautiful picture um, of what the what the house looks like. If you are ever around um, downtown Delaware and you visit the Boardman Arts Park, uh, the Boardman Arts Park has a fairy, um, a fairy project in it as well. There's a big tree and on the tree there's like a, a four by six foot a portrait of Harry Potter and surrounding that tree is uh, fairy houses. So if you know the Boardman Arts Park and those fairy houses, those are kind of like what you're going to see at our Imagination Library at the Orange Branch. Right. Now, I want we only have a couple of minutes left, but okay. uh, you've got something between art explorers on August 15th, is it? Yeah, August 15th at 6.30 in the evening. So tween is kind of that 9 to 12-year-old age range. Um, and so... To kind of go with our fairy houses, we are going to do some like forest friends origami. And I brought some. I've never done origami before. I was able to make it work. Uh, We're all going to start by making some butterflies, which we will then put um, among the fairy houses out in the imagination garden. And then you can make another butterfly if you want. We have our advanced level rabbit, which was a bit tricky, but you can (laughs) see I made it work. Uh, my favorite, it started as a fox, Aww. but I made it a raccoon. Um, <laughs> I love raccoons. He's cute. Um, and so a bunch of different little forest friends that you can make out of origami. Uh, no experience required. We'll supply all the papers and the instruction. And so if you're someone between uh, 9 and 12 years old, come to the Orange Branch Library August 15th. I think that's a Monday Mm -hmm. um, at 6.30 in the evening. We do like it if you register online, Mm -hmm. but for this one, um, if you just show up, we'll make it work. Yeah, we've got seats available, but we'd love it if you pre-register. It makes life a little easier. Mm -hmm. We are rapidly running into the city show, so we better wrap up here. Boo. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) they they don't ever have the opportunity to run into our show. It's true. But uh, anyway, so thank you very much, Melissa, for being here. It was so fun. Well, and uh, thank you, Nicole. Always a pleasure. Gage, great work behind the board. Of and course. Thank you very much. Thanks, for being Camille. Here. Thanks, Camille, for being here. And we will see you in the stacks. Bye.